All right, welcome back. I hope you guys are enjoying some awesome food. Uh, my wife has told me that I need to do a disclaimer for this message that because it's a table time and you guys are enjoying food, that we're gonna, we're gonna talk about some things that might make you a little squeamish. Um, and I hope that's okay, but it's in the Bible and it has everything to do with Jesus. So trust me on this, okay? It's gonna be good. Last week, we started our new series, Ready, Set, Go. And last week was get ready, right? And this week is get set. And really it's even more, it's get set apart. Last week was get ready. We talked about getting your belongings go ready. We're about to cross over in the Jordan River into the promised land. We're going, going to take the land of milk and honey, right? And we need to get ready. We can only take certain things on this journey. And you wrote down on two pieces of paper, uh, what do you need for success in the promised land, right? What do you need Jesus to provide for you or meet, meet you there along the way with these things in order for you to take the promised land and be successful? right and then we talked about things that can't go with you into the promised land what things do you need to leave behind in the wilderness what things do you need to uh, leave behind I mean manna for one right it's like I, I don't want to eat manna anymore now that I'm entering into the promised land and and a land that is overflowing I, I want to start to eat some of that the, uh, the fruit of that land right um, but we did the exercise because of this fancy word consecration, right? This fancy word consecration that we read in Joshua 3, it said, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And that word consecration, we learned that it simply means to be set apart to be set apart for a holy purpose, that you are no longer um, meant for common use. You are no longer common, right? You are set apart for a holy purpose. And he says, consecrate yourselves. And we know that really Jesus is the one that consecrates us. In the Old Testament, they had to over and over again consecrate themselves, set themselves apart, make themselves holy through sacrifice or through certain ritualistic um, activities, right? And now we know that consecration only comes through Jesus. It only comes through Jesus. And, uh, you know, as we move forward as a community, think about this, the way we are a people, the church, the body of Christ, we are a people and we are moving forward and we need to pack our bags. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to travel. We are ready to pack our bags uh, with the necessary items, leave behind the things that we don't need. And we need to trust God that he will part the waters. Think about this. To, to approach a river and know that God is going to part the waters. That takes faith. And we need to trust him that he will lead and guide us along the way as we take land, as we take territory, as we uh, enter into Hawaii this coming week, that we want to take territory for the kingdom, right? So fast forward, the children of Israel, they cross the Jordan River, right? The ark goes into the river, dry ground, the, the river stops. It's at flood level. It stops uh, way upstream and downstream, and they cross the Jordan River on dry ground, right? And then they take 12 stones from the dry riverbed, and they set them up on the other side of the Jordan River at this place called Gilgal. 
Gilgal means circle of stones, right? I don't know if you guys remember from the previous series, we talked about Joshua 4, and that these circle of stones were a testimony to the generations to come that God is faithful, that he's a miracle-working God, and that he parted the Jordan River so that they could cross over in dry land into the promised land. This is powerful. So, uh, and then we come to Joshua 5. And we come to some interesting scripture, which we're going to talk about today. And again, I apologize, guys. I know that it is table time. I know that you guys have just uh, eaten some amazing food with your family. Uh, but we're going to talk about some interesting stuff today. So Joshua 5, this is verses 2 and 3. Come on, guys. You already know. Get your Bibles. You should already have them. Already have your word ready. Joshua 5, verses 2 and 3. And I encourage you guys to... Uh, read through the book of Joshua as we go through this, because there is not only prophetic value to what we are going through as a community, but also in your personal life. And I feel like God wants to speak to you through this book. And remember, Joshua is the name Yahshua, right? Actually, the name of Jesus. So we can actually read this as uh, Joshua being a type of Christ, a type of Jesus in certain situations. Joshua 5. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Hold on, why, why again? Is there a second circumcision that we don't know about? <laughs> so, so Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraloth. Gib, Gibeath Haraloth. If anybody knows how to pronounce that, let me know. But here's a Bible fun fact for you guys. Gibeath Haraloth simply means the hill of the foreskins. Hold on. It means the hill, the, the hill of the foreskins. That's a lot of foreskins. Can you imagine giving someone uh, directions to your camp? Like, uh, so yeah, follow the river, right? Until you see the hill of the foreskins. And uh, when you see that, when you see the hill of the foreskins, just know that you're close by. Make a right turn and we'll be there at the circle of stones uh, telling, uh, you know, testimonies to our grandkids around the campfire. Can you imagine? Uh, this is where uh, God commands all of the men, right, who came out of the wilderness, think about this, and these guys were not circumcised. And now they have entered into the promised land and God says, hold up, hold up, before we go any further, I need you to make some flint knives and I need you to put some skin in the game. Just, just, just a little bit of skin in the game and, and uh, you need to trust me, just hold still, hold still. And next, can you imagine? I don't know if you guys... You know, a lot of us are parents. We have probably at some point in our lives experienced or witnessed a circumcision or two. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that now in modern times, they have come up with more humane ways for this procedure. Um, I remember when, when our boys were circumcised that they had something new that I, I, I didn't get to experience this new, quote unquote, more humane way of doing this. But I mean, if modern medicine can provide a better way, um, I think that means that likewise, Jesus has provided a better way. How many guys want to say yes? I, can, please tell us about the better way. Please tell us, right? So let's look at this from a, a new covenant standpoint. 
because that's important. Like we're reading Old Testament and yes, these things have prophetic value to what Jesus would later come to do, but also what we are going through now. But we really need to approach this from a new covenant standpoint, right? So let's go to, um, skip ahead to Colossians 2. Now we're in the New Testament, Colossians 2. This is a book of Paul to the Colossian church, uh, the, the church at Colossae. And um, this is what he writes in uh, chapter 2. Verse 9, we're going to start in. So, so, for in Christ, I'm going to read it slowly. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Thank you, Jesus. Right? No flint knives. Everybody say, no flint knives. <laughs> if, there, if you're at the dinner table watching this and there's any knives, just, just put them away. Just put them away right now. You were also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, check this out. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was, past tense guys, put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God. I want you guys to take notice of this. It's through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That's Colossians 2, 9 through 12. Now I want you to keep in mind, the circumcision in Joshua 5, it happened on the Passover, okay? The circumcision, the consecration, the being set apart happened on the Passover. Who is the Passover lamb? Jesus, right? Jesus is the Passover lamb that actually on the cross, he became the final sacrifice that mankind would ever need. And every one of us have already experienced this circumcision that we're talking about. This is a circumcision of the heart, of the, of the, the, the sinful nature. The old man is what we call it, the flesh, right? The fleshly carn carnal part of your being has already been sliced off at the crucifixion, that we have been buried with him, right? In baptism, that through baptism as a... Um, you know, as a, as a metaphorical or an outward expression of what has already happened on the inside, that we have already died with Christ, right? And then the resurrection power, the Holy Spirit raises us up brand new as a new creation with a new heart, with a new divine nature, right? Second Peter says that we are partakers of the divine nature. And this is our reality. We have to realize this, that circumcision or consecration in itself, as we're reading in the book of Joshua, is not something that we have to perform on ourselves. Notice the nature of circumcision in general, that even in the book of Joshua, it wasn't the men coming up and doing it to themselves, right? You need someone else, a leader, someone with precision, someone who knows what they're doing to actually help you with this process. And Jesus is that person. Jesus is the one that on the cross, he took our sinful nature. He took our darkness. He took everything that, that, that separates us from God in our own minds. It's not even that we're separated from God at any point, but in our own minds, the illusion of our sin has separated us from God. And he has taken that darkness to the grave. It's no longer yours. It's no longer attached to you. It has been cut away. 
It has been cut away. You have been set apart, right? That's why we're talking about this series. Get ready, get set, go, right? Get your stuff ready. Take an inventory of the things that you want to take with you in the promised land. What do you need God to provide on the other side? And now consecrate yourselves. Get set. Get set apart by the Lord. Like, think about the cross. Like, what actually hope happened at atonement? Are, are you still dirty afterwards? Are you still messed up? Are you still lacking anything? It says right here, for in Christ, come on, for in Christ, all the fullness of the de deity lives in bodily form. All. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Think about that. You have been brought to wholeness, to fullness, that you are actually a living, breathing, walking, holy Christian. You are a saint in the Lord, not because of anything that you've done or because you behave well, but because of what was done on the cross. We have to realize that this circumcision is already complete. We are a holy people, a royal priesthood. We are saints called to walk in the high calling of Jesus. And last week you wrote down things that you feel like you need in order to be successful in the promised land, in taking the promised land, right? Here on earth as it is in heaven. But the reality is, and I know it was kind of a loaded question, the reality is you already have everything you need. When I began to think about this question more and more throughout the week, am I truly lacking anything? He's a good God. He's the, the, the father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. He doesn't withhold himself from us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Am I lacking anything? And I want you to think about those two, two pieces of paper. For one, are you aware that the things that can't go with you into the promised land have already been cut away? And two, are you aware that the fullness of Christ is available to you right now? that he doesn't withhold himself. And the only thing that separates us from walking in the fullness is faith, right? And it's not even a work that we do. Remember, it's the work of God. You were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, simply by believing that who God is, right, is who he says he is, and that the work that he does is complete and good enough. He didn't, he didn't do a par job at the cross. He did a full job. It wasn't halfway. Come on. Jesus didn't die for half of your healing. I just feel like that's even right now. Jesus did not die for half of your holiness. It's not like, oh, I got you this far, so now you have to do this, this, and this in order to bring the complete fullness of, the, of your holiness. No, he says, look, I've provided every Thing that you need to walk in victory, to take the promised land, to distribute heaven on earth right here, right now, right here at the table that you're sitting at. You have everything you need. Look around. Each and every person has everything that they need to distribute heaven on earth. You have Jesus. He's all we need. Jesus, you are all that we need to 
take the promised land. You are our conquering kin, king. But rather than coming with a physical sword, now we come with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that helps us to overcome anything that we face in this world. Come on. Your testimony is that you have had a spiritual heart transplant. That the old heart was cut out of you with precision by a great physician who knows what he's doing. And he's, been, he's giving you now a new heart that is pumping with passion for his kingdom by his Holy Spirit. Revive, he has revived you to a new place in life. And I think we need to stop thinking about this past life and, st and put it off for good, right? You can, every day, you can go and pick up that past life if you want to, but it is your choice because it is no longer connected to you. It's no longer connected. So here, here are some questions for you guys at your table. I want, I'm gonna read them slow. I really want you to process these. Here are some questions for you guys to go over. Do you have everything that you need? Or do you still feel lack in any area moving forward? Do you have everything you need? Or do you still feel like there's lack? There's something missing. A follow-up question is, what signs follow a resurrected life. Someone who has been buried with Christ and resurrected, what signs would you expect to follow that person? What would be almost like proof that like this person is resurrected with Jesus, right? What would you expect to see in that person's life? And I want you guys to pray together for awareness. I want to be aware of the fullness that I already have in Christ. And I want you, I'm going to pray with you guys now for that. But I want you guys to also begin to pray for each other throughout the week about this fullness, this awareness of, of the reality of Christ, right? The fullness that is already available to us. So Father, we thank you right now that you have provided a better way. That the things that we read in the Old Testament, yes, they have prophetic value and there's, there's um, value to the truth and the stories, but they just point to Jesus as a better way. Yeah. God, we thank you for your sacrifice, that you would give yourself on the cross, that you would, you would include us on the cross, that we would be buried with you in baptism, that we would be raised with you in the resurrection. You became our sin so we might become your righteousness. And it's only by faith. It's not like we have to produce anything. It's just simply through believing you are who you say you are and that your work is final. That what you did on the cross was enough. It was full. It is complete. Yeah. I pray that God, we would be able to see ourselves the way you see us that we will be able to recognize the holiness that you have placed in each of our lives, that we have already been set apart in you, that we've already been consecrated. And it's now it's time to walk in the victory. Come on, I say it to you right now. Now it's time to walk in the victory that he's already provided. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the reality that we get to walk in you call us holy, you call us saints, you call us beloved, you call us set apart.